Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. If you're loving what you're hearing on the show, go out and tell two friends today. Show them how easy it is to subscribe to the show. Real Estate Espresso Podcast is available on more than 20 different platforms. And wherever you listen to podcasts, you're sure to find the Real Estate Espresso Podcast. Spread the love around. Why keep all this goodness to yourself? On today's show, we're talking about student housing. I've been a student housing investor since 2012. Historically, I've loved student housing. I got my start by owning property in the shadow of Temple University in Philadelphia. When you add together the revenue from each room in a student rental, it adds up to much more than the revenue from renting, say, a three-bedroom apartment. Yes, the turnover is high, and yes, students can be messy. They all tend to move in and out on exactly the same day. The cycle for student housing follows a very specific schedule. It's the academic school year. And if you miss the window for student rentals, you might be facing vacancy for the entire school year, not just a month. But the big story in student housing is the massive change that's taking place in online classes. Long before the mass move to online classes that happened mid-semester due to COVID-19, the trend toward online classes had been underway for more than a decade. When I started investing in student housing, there was a shortage of housing next to Temple University. We were easily able to rent rooms for $600 a month and sometimes even $650 a month. By 2014, as more capacity entered the market, prices started to drop. And when the university opened a new dormitory with 1,200 beds, the market flipped from undersupplied to oversupplied overnight. Some student housing owners were only getting $450 a month for a room. So we started looking further afield. We held numerous meetings with architects, planners, and consultants in the city of Arlington, Texas. Arlington is the home of the University of Texas campus. The largest UT campus is in Austin. But in order to get into Austin, you need a 90 average. You could get into UT Arlington with an 80% average and then transfer to Austin after two years. It was a way to get into the Austin campus with a lower grade point average. Enrollment has kept growing at the Arlington campus year over year. When I first looked at the UT opportunity back in 2015, there were 22,000 students at the campus. It was largely a commuter campus. Massive parking lots spoke to the number of cars and pickup trucks required to bring students to the campus in a town with very little public transit. We saw the growing demand. We saw the new supply coming into the market. We placed numerous offers on properties for development. Ultimately, we never did quite succeed in getting a large enough property to develop. We decided last year, in 2019, to take another run at delivering student housing to the UT market. We received the latest market study authored by the student housing office at the university. What it showed was pretty telling. The campus had grown to 51,000 students, a large school by anyone's measure. The combination of on-campus housing in one of 18 buildings along with numerous projects within a short distance of the campus, provided over 6,000 beds, and the approved projects in the pipeline would ultimately bring 11,000 units of student housing to a campus of 51,000 students. So far, it sounded like the addition of another 100 units would not create an oversupply situation. But here's where a small piece of data changed our outlook completely. In 2019, 52% of the classes held on campus, were also being simulcast online. That meant if a student lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, they could spend an increasing amount of their academic year 
engaged with the university through their computer screen. If they needed to come to the campus once or maybe twice a week, they would drive. But the case for living on campus was starting to get weaker. The traditional metrics for gauging demand for student housing were being turned upside down. More importantly, if you could even justify the demand today, there was no guarantee that the demand would be there in a decade. What if online classes grew to 60%, 70%, 80%? In the end, we decided that unless we could buy a property directly on the edge of campus, it was becoming too risky an investment. Well, folks, now the COVID-19 crisis has forced the acceleration of the trend that was already underway. Now I get it. There are some faculties that can't be taught online. The School of Medicine and the School of Dentistry are not going to be taught online anytime soon. The PhD program in psychology will not be taught online. But in the past week, Queen's University announced the majority of its classes next fall will be conducted online. The University of Texas is holding the balance of its spring term in both summer sessions online. New York University is doing the same, and so are universities all over the world. So if you're the owner of student housing, you can expect negative cash flow this summer and possibly into this coming fall semester. You may need to take action now to develop creative marketing plans for getting your units released before there's a glut on the market. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.